You're listening to Spartan Up Podcast. We're going to interview somebody every week from all over the world and see what they did in their life to become successful, no matter how they defined it. All right, here we go. One more time. We are back here in Pittsfield, Vermont, in the Amy Barn, right across from Joe DeSena's uh, house and lodge and everything else. But as always, as always, excuse me, I've got on my right, Sephra. Over here on my left, I've got Johnny DeSena. And it, Johnny DeSena, <laughs> I've got Johnny Wade and, and Joe DeSena. Joe finally adopted me. Yeah. They've got kind of merged after all this time together. And behind, Joe Wade. Behind the camera, we've got Marion. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the rowing vegan, uh, whose name is... Sammy Inkinen. Sammy, Sammy Inkinen, the rowing vegan. So who, who, rode uh, who rode across from San, Fran. San Francisco out to Hawaii with, his wife. with him and his wife in a boat together, which for me would be Sounds like a honeymoon. Uh, awesome. Uh, awesome. I'm sure it would be a great Johnny opportunity to talk about a lot of things that I haven't talked about in years. Um, so anyway, I'm curious to hear how this how this went and what we can learn from it. Yeah. Sharks, whales. You love um, sharks, don't you, Joe? Some fights, some interesting Ooh. stuff that we can learn for our own lives. All right. Well, great. Cool. Let's let's hear about it. We're here in the mountains of San Francisco in an undisclosed location with Sammy Inkinen for SpartanUpPodcast.com. Super successful guy. Started many companies, right? Uh, Last one's Trulia. Yes. And um, for those people that don't know Trulia, what, what was it? Well, Trulia is an online real estate marketplace. Our goal was to democratize information. So give home buyers and sellers and renters the information that was traditionally in the hands of real estate professionals only. So, so to kind of disintermediate the, the, the industry and, 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 and give the power to the consumer? Uh, yeah, we want to empower the consumer, whether you're a buyer, seller, or renter. And it worked? Um, well, it's been an amazing 10-year journey. I co-founded the company 2004, 2005, so about 10 years ago. And uh, we were just acquired about six months ago, and the deal closed you know, about a week ago, actually. So you're a free today. man um, today. Well, it depends on the definition of a freedom, but I'm not employed by Trulia anymore, um, although I miss those days very dearly. The crazy days. Yes. <laughs> yeah, as any business is, is difficult to start out. But what's unique, and the reason I, I thought our, our, get, our um, audience would love talk, seeing you, is um, it's unique to see an athlete at your level, right? You've, you've competed many Ironmans. You're, yes. you're um, at the top of your game. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about some really crazy thing yeah. you did. Um, but also at the top of your game in business, um, you've got a great relationship with your wife. It's rare to have all those things going. What, what attributes would you say are required to see success across that whole spectrum? Um, well, I, I would say I'm still learning when it comes to relationships. So I'm, <laughs> I'm a learning and hopefully a better husband every day. But um, I don't see business and sports as something that's mutually exclusive. In fact, to me, I don't think I could operate and be very effective as a business leader um, if I didn't have the sports outlet. And I don't think I could be a professional athlete only because I would get bored so quickly. So to me, they are very complementary, actually, uh, in many ways. You know, one obvious thing is, is stress relief and having another outlet so your identity doesn't become the business alone or the athlete alone. Um, And then in terms of how to succeed in in business as an entrepreneur or as an athlete, I actually see a lot of parallels there, um, which we can talk about if we have time. Yeah, no, let's hit hit those parallels. What what is it that, um, there's a lot of people out there that have never started a business 
Yes. You've started businesses, I've started businesses. Um, I just got confirmation, by the way, that starting and running a business is more difficult than having children. So you, you can, right. you can let your, you. You can let your eyes know. <laughs> um, and, and, and a woman I interviewed just, just uh, confirmed that. So my wife's not going to be happy and your wife's not going to be happy. But um, what things can people expect from building a business or, or need to fine tune in order to run a business? What, what, what attributes, what, I, I think I know what they yeah. are, but I'm, I'm curious from your perspective. Well, there's a lot of things, but maybe I'll pick some of those things that I find I need to use and apply in sports, and I, I can use the same lessons in, in business. In the business. Um, so the one is is absolutely the focus on the journey and in, enjoying the journey as opposed to the destination or, or outcome. You know, whether it's triathlon or business, the moment you win something, that lasts two seconds, but the preparation can be a year or two years or five years or ten years and unless you really enjoy the rainy 5 a.m. mornings when you go and run on the trails there's no way you can achieve the win and the same thing with the company that unless you enjoy the daily grind there's no way you can you can get to whatever your outcome or goal is so that's one um, the second thing is um, I try to apply what I call growth mindset into everything I do meaning I don't think I was either born as a great athlete or not, or I was born as a great entrepreneur or not. It is the process of continuous compounded learnings. So as a practical example, after every single one of my uh, endurance races, the first thing I do is I sit down and I write down three things that I learned from the event and the process that I was preparing. What did I learn that I can apply next time to be even better? And the same thing with business, like, Anything you do, whether it's a successful outcome or less successful, there's always something you can learn. And once you repeat that thing on a weekly, daily, monthly basis over years, you can become amazing in, in almost anything. So that's the Just second keep turning thing. the dial and keep refining it. That's, it, um, that exactly. requires discipline. A lot of people, I, I never did that. I did lots of races and I don't sit down and... Yeah. And I'm actually, you know, there's a bunch of research that what's the difference between the Olympic gold medal winner and the one who's third or fourth or fifth. And, and the, the winners tend to apply this kind of a growth mindset that whether they are the first or third in an event is not the key thing. The key thing is, okay, it's done, but how can I become even better? So that's the second. And then the don't, third one don't is... Go yeah. Don't go through something, but grow through it. Exactly, All exactly. Right. Um, and I would, in terms of team for business, I would take a team with the growth mindset anytime over a team who thinks they're just a bunch of really smart guys. Right. Because if you have this compounded growth and learning, you'll outperform any team that just thinks they're a bunch of smart guys and then um, I think the third thing that I apply both in sports and business is, is kind of metrics and tracking focus and the mantra that I like to use is unless you measure it you can't improve it so once you know what are the contributors to your success uh, then you can start measuring them and you know in the sports it might be your it could be the miles that you run each week or your VO2 max or your, you know, on the bike it might be your threshold power. So you start measuring that, you know that that contributes to your success. And then once you measure, you can improve it. And, you know, exactly the same thing in business. Unless you know what drives your performance, you know, you can't focus on that. And then once you start measuring, it's very easy to focus on your activities on a daily basis to improve that. So those are some and, and of the, the And the ones that are working. Yes. Yeah. Not and, and, and discard the one. It sounds a little bit like Bruce Lee, right? He said, "Take the good stuff and discard the exactly. bad stuff." Exactly. Yeah, but sometimes we don't know. I mean, it's like junk miles, I guess, on the bike, right? You don't you don't want any junk miles. 
uh, you, well, on that note specifically, I, especially if we are combining um, business or uh, building a company as an entrepreneur and some other hobby, like everything can be very time consuming. So I tend to be extremely focused on the quality. Um, Not the quantity. Yeah, it's just time-wise you can't do it. And then I think, especially in endurance sports, there's more and more evidence that uh, even it's actually this, the high intensity that helps you. Even for this interview, you said uh, we could start at 221 and we have to be done by 231. <laughs> so so I, I, I agree. You're very High focused. intensity intervals as, a, as an interview. Um, you want to take a break. Why don't we do a, a lap around the property? We'll do a really high speed, high intensity workout and we'll come back and do the second half of the interview. 30 second intervals and uh, 30 second running and 30 seconds of, of talking. Sounds good. Let's do it. I hope you're not sitting still while you listen. If you are, you better get a burpee break in. It was a hell of a workout. <laughs> and uh, this is great food, which we're going to talk about in a bit. So as we were running, you told me um, you just got back from a little rowing expedition with you and your wife. Yes. Uh, my wife and I, we rowed from here, from California to Hawaii, over 2,750 miles. That's a pretty standard row, isn't it? Most people do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we were, someone told us that 12 people in the history of man had rowed that section of the And so uh, are you 13 and 14 or are you 11 and 12? Um, somewhere there. I'm, I'm sure someone's going to fact check and say it's wrong. But, you know, more people have been to the moon or to the top of Mount Everest than, than have, have rowed, rowed an ocean in general and, and certainly more so than Pacific. But yeah, we rode 2,750 miles. And you, completely still, and you still get along? Uh, we're still married, <laughs> uh, so that's amazing. Uh, completely unsupported, took 45 days, three hours, and it was an amazing, and by the way, we had no prior rowing experience, no sailing experience, no ocean experience to speak with, speak of. Uh, so it was an amazing experience, and you know, to be able to live through that kind of experience with your spouse in particular. Amazing. It's a, it's a privilege. Uh, it, it was amazing, yeah. You uh, navigate with the stars? I, we had to a little bit because all our electronics broke after about a week. And so, yeah, we did have a help, help of a compass, but um, yeah, it, it was a little hairy. Now, now in the vast size of the ocean, and I'm not an ocean person at all, you could miss Hawaii. <laughs> I mean, it's just a couple of islands, right? Um, yeah, well, fortunately, um, we were able to fix our electronics and take the full advantage of, of GPS, and then we had a chart, so we were able to plot. Um, so, it, technically, yes, it's possible. But, uh, so but you, you kind of knew, knew you were on the right track. And it was, yes. Was it yeah. just a matter of um, pushing it out every day, putting the miles in, or, or were there some scary moments? Um, whales, storms, what would you encounter? Uh, well, I was expecting the killer shark, killer whales and everything to, you know, all kinds of wilderness to, to attack us, but it was only just the, mostly just the nature. So for the first, I'd say two weeks, it was so stormy that uh, we were quite scared. And in fact, we got pushed further down south as opposed to towards to Hawaii. And we saw plenty of two, three, I don't know, maybe even four story building kind of size Waves. Waves. and um, Coming at you or you actually rode through them? Um, well, coming at us and obviously then you have to turn the boat so that it's the safest possible angle. But there's a reason why that body of water is called an ocean and not a lake. And we kind of learned it the hard way. Uh, fortunately, everything went well in the end, but it's a wild, wild environment. Do you still have the boat? 
Um, we had the boat, it's a 20-foot carbon fiber boat. Uh, it's in a warehouse here in the San Francisco Bay Area, and actually we have a couple of people who want to buy it. So in the process of getting rid of the family member. <laughs> are, are they, um, are the people that want to buy it, are they thinking of doing the same trip, or? They are thinking of rowing an ocean, uh, which obviously is a reason for owning a rowboat, row ocean rowboat. Uh, I don't know which ocean, but yeah. Is there an outrigger, or what? we'll have to get a picture of it and put it on the video so people sure. can see what it is. You probably got a little bit of footage yeah. um, heading out. So that's a pretty bold, I've done some crazy things, but um, when I ran this idea by my wife after speaking to you on the phone, um, I got shut down pretty quickly that this was not something we were going to do as a family. Well, I, I still consider the fact that I was able to convince, convince my wife to join the biggest accomplishment in my life, like literally. Um, uh, she said up? no first, but then uh, eventually she said yes. How did you come up with the idea? The very initial idea came from the book Unbroken uh, by Laura Hillebrand, which coincidentally has been made a into mo movie. A mo into movie now. Um, but that's where I got the initial idea. The wilderness of Pacific Ocean just intrigued, and I wanted to experience it. Um, and you know, everyone else I've told this story, they say, well, you must be the only person in the world who after reading the book actually wanted to go and row an ocean because the story is about a second world war veteran who yeah. gets get shut down and then he floats in his life raft across the Pacific. Uh, but that's where the idea came from. Would a life raft, I'm going to ask some silly questions here, but would a life raft have been easier to navigate waves like that? Because it's just, it doesn't matter what direction it hits the wave. I'm just envisioning what you said and, and uh, me and my wife having to turn the boat quickly because <laughs> if you flip it, you're kind of screwed. Uh, yes and no. Our boat was designed in a way that it's self-riding. Okay. Um, fortunately, we only flipped in, in a marina where we tested, uh, so we were pulled over a couple of times. Um, but we didn't, fortunately, didn't have to go through that experience out right. in the ocean. But the boat was designed in a way that it would be safe to flip. Obviously, if you're rowing, there's many things that can go wrong. Oars can hit your jaw and break bones and that kind of stuff. So. You know, you want oh, to avoid in a storm, that. right? That's in, right. In, in a storm, yeah. Yeah. So, um, were you scared? I was very scared during the first week. Um, did you like show that? Did you show that to your wife? Well, I actually did, and I I have to give credit to her because uh, my mental state was kind of deteriorating during the first week, and she was the person who kept Things kind together. of the. the belief and she was able to pull me out of the black hole um yeah it's, I, I have to so you lose your electronics her. you're starting to lose your mind she slaps you and says get your shit together pretty much yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then how do you how do you get back on track um well it's kind of the way you eat an elephant which is one piece at a time so you just make short-term goals um and do the best you can which in our case meant that we had to accept the fact that we can't go directly against the wind, which meant that we had to do th 350 extra miles. So the great circle route is to 2,400 miles from here to Hawaii. We ended up doing 2,750 because of the storms. And, and that was weighing on you right away? Um, yeah, absolutely. And I, I thought we may not even be able to sort of break through and get off the California coast. Uh, but then fortunately the weather changed a little bit, so the winds calmed a little bit. and. Eventually, we you, able to you get got through. there. What was the hardest challenge out there? Would you say you've convinced your wife? You started to lose your mind. Give me, give me the hardest challenge that occurred over those forty-five days. Um, I'll say two. So the first one was getting 
over the first seven days because it was so stormy that it was both dangerous and we thought there's no way we can get off the California coast because we were literally being pushed back to the shore. Right. So mentally and physically getting through that. And then the second thing was just a journey because we both took about a million oil strokes, 45 days, and physically there, it was uncomfortable all the time. So how do you stay mentally sharp and somehow find enjoyment and the secret that I found, which to me is applicable to any sport or even any business, is to embrace the pain and be in the moment and embrace everything that you're feeling. The moment you try to use mental tricks to think about your first shower or the finish, uh, you know that you're going to fall apart because there eventually the pain is going to get through those dreams and things. So the only way to escape the pain kind of permanently is to embrace it and be in it, enjoy it. and enjoy it. And it was amazing once I kind of had that breakthrough. It was like, nothing's going to break me. I'm invincible. And I think that's applicable to a lot of different situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can see that. So, um, so let's, let's apply that to business. Um, because I feel, I don't know if you agree, everything that can go wrong does go wrong in business. Yes. Right? Probably like the, the rowing experience. Yes. And um, people break. A lot of businesses go out of business. Yep. Do you think that's because they can't embrace that moment? What, like, what, what do you think occurs in most cases? Um, well, there's probably many reasons why somebody goes out of the business, but what I like to think why startups fail is number one reason is that the founders stop trying. Stop rowing. The founders stop rowing or stop trying. Uh, so grit and determination. Uh, and then, of course, you don't want to do stupid things. But if you don't stop trying, it, you usually can't fail. Well, that's a big question I have. So let's say in business and in, in your rowing experience, you're 10 days in. You've had previous successes in your life that are successes because of perseverance and grit. Yes. But you're supposed to turn around. It's clear you're supposed to turn around because the weather is terrible. Mm -hmm. How do you know when pushing through is the right thing and turning around is the right thing? Yeah, um, I think the hardest moments to me comes down to your values and who do you want to be and what do you want to be. An example in business could be, okay, so it looks like we're failing, we aren't hitting our number or something. We can do something that's kind of in a gray area, not necessarily legal. Right. It comes down to what was your moral compass what are your values and who do you want to be? Are you going to do that or not do that? And are you willing to fail knowing that was the high integrity path to take? And in like adventures, it could be, what are your go am I going to compromise my health and safety just to accomplish the goal of the mission? And for us, it was clear. Health comes first and safety. Second is our marriage. And third one is anything related to expedition. We agreed on those three things with my wife before we left. So we knew always that we aren't going to do anything that's going to risk our lives. And if it's a question between are we going to finish this or break our marriage, you know, we're not going to finish and we'll save our marriage. So I think it comes down to you have to have a very strong internal compass. What's the north star, north star towards which you're going? And then on tough moments, you can kind of go back down to those values. I see why we get along because that's, <laughs> that's exactly my answer. I've been, I've been, you know, I think about mountain climbers, very similar yeah. situation to you, and they're, and they're 100 meters away from the top. Yeah. And the right thing to do is turn around, but they don't. 
right? But in some cases, the right thing to do is actually continue. If they want to be the greatest mountain climber in the world, and that's their value, yes, right, and that's their north star, then they go for it. But if you want to be the best family man, you turn around. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I think I think we're in full agreement there. Um, any, you, should, you should ask about the motivation. Why? What, like, what was the? Why did you want to do the role? What was the? course so i can talk about why sugar did, stuff why did you want to do the row <laughs> um so obviously part uh, of the, the reason, book the book got you excited yeah, yeah book got excited and of course part of the reason is we love both my wife and i crazy physical adventures because we think pushing up physical boundaries is the full human experience and we yeah. learn something new but we also wanted to use this row um, as a vehicle to drive awareness around the dangers of sugar i became pre-diabetic as a world-class triathlete and triathlete and someone who thought I knew how to eat healthy. So we wanted to do this entire expedition with no sugar, no processed carbohydrates, zero sports products, only real whole foods. Did you, like, you loaded up a cow or something on the boat? Would you? Pretty much. <laughs> so it was freeze-dried beef, uh, macadamia nuts, uh, coconut butter, uh, crazy amounts of olive oil, right. nuts, seeds, and that kind of real whole foods. Yep. I personally ate 5,000 calories of saturated fat every single day, as an example. But you're, and you're from Finland? Does that explain something? <laughs> <laughs> well, I would imagine you guys are used to saturated fats. Um, I think Finland might be slightly famous for that. But um, So we wanted to show that if you can exercise as much as what we call two marathons a day, that was the amount of work we were doing, two yeah. marathons a day, 45 days in a row, with absolutely no sports products, no sugar, no gels, bars, anything, no sports drinks, any so, average So you're telling me you don't need a goo or a Gatorade or any of this junk? And I'm going to get in trouble for that. Um, <laughs> to go 45 days? Correct. Yeah. I, I, and I in fact, it is not a bad matter of surviving. We broke the world speed record um, crossing Pacific from California to Hawaii. Um, we probably finished healthier than any doctor had seen an ocean or finishing a journey um, before. And we think the key reason was our diet. Very anti-inflammatory, no sugar. We, won't, we never bunked, so we rode 18 hours a day each. Sometimes had five, six, seven hours between meals. No problem. And no bunking. That's fantastic. So, so maybe our diets are completely wrong. Oh, I think so. so yeah, tell me about native life. Not, not, not to do too much product placement. So, but, so one of the issues we had was to find food that was palatable and had the shelf life for our journey. And it was impossible to find packaged foods from stores that would not have added sugar and processed carbs. So we created our own nut and seed mix with, with protein. And uh, once we finished, we thought we'll start selling it to others and offering others. So what we created was uh, a new packaged food brand called Native Life. And the main thesis is no grains, no added sugar, without compromising taste and texture. So the first product is kind of like cereal or snack-like product. This is the, exactly the stuff we ate on the Every boat. Day. And um, the tagline should be, will it make the boat go faster? Uh, <laughs> or life go faster, or life in go a good faster. way. Yeah. Um, but the idea was really to, to throw grains out the and sugar out the window and recreate um, common food products made out of real uh, whole food-based ingredients. It's very good. Um, and you don't find this stuff from stores because everything infused with sugar because it's addictive, it's, it's tasty, and it's practically free because of all the... I guess uh, corn subsidies. And as you say that, there is a friend of ours sneaking through the woods behind us. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> have you tasted this stuff? I have, yeah. Really good, right? You should, you, you, should, you should taste again. 
Try that. It's the first commercial run. So. Where do you live next door? Uh, a couple uh, houses down. Yeah. Nice. He likes to show up here in wearing spandex, uninvited. <laughs> hey, Don. Good to see you. How are you? Likewise. Good to see you. Good to see hey. you. How are you? Uh, what happened to your Hell Warrior shirt? You got it. Nice. Oh. Right. oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, what's your shirt? favorite? Yeah, favorite exercise. When we're done. When we're done. What's your favorite exercise? What's my favorite exercise? I know it's do? not rowing. It's the row was a li once in a lifetime experience, and um, I think my wife would agree. Uh, <laughs> I think riding my bike is the favorite exercise, and probably on the dirt, that's probably Mountain my biking. favorite thing. Yeah, it's, hills. Yes, yeah, and we have plenty of those here in Mount Pius. I don't know if you agree. I sometimes say I think um, mountain bikers are hands down the best athletes out there. I mean, it just. I disagree. You disagree. What do you think are the best? Um, Cross country skiers. Mm, well, you'd know more about that than I'm I. I'm slightly biased because yeah, I was born yeah. and raised in Finland. There you go. So. Yeah. Well, you're awesome. Well, well thank you so much. Yeah. I'm glad thank you survived you. and we got to talk. Yeah. Thank you. I was a little nervous for a while. What are you talking about? This is perfect. Joette? Can I be a Joette? <laughs> so, you know, we talked to all these people. Some of them you think, oh, I could do that. I'm not 100% sure I could do that uh, to row from. Um, San Francisco to Hawaii, especially with somebody close to me. I know you're talking about taking on a major row at some point soon. Uh, did this well, uh, inspire you more or less? I'm not a big ocean guy. I'm, no. I'm definitely afraid of sharks. Yeah. And um, that's true. I'm just not convinced that I could punch a shark in the mouth like that explorer did, <laughs> yeah, right? The cougar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the exactly. cougar, and, and, and hold my fist and choke him to death. And, um, and But I love to face fears. Yeah. And my wife is a level 10, she has fear of sharks. So I thought, once the kids are old enough, we have to jump in a rowboat and row ac across some, um, one of the oceans. Yeah. Not sure which one. Why don't you row I don't think I don't think you need to row a boat to face your fear on sharks. Just go out on a dive and go do a, no, a shark doing, cage I'm dive. Not, I, need, I need to sweat. Yeah, you should row. I need to sweat. Row. I did some mountain climbing. Okay. It did, yeah, it didn't, <laughs> it didn't do it for me. Um, I need a good row. So, so before this life is over, uh, we're going to do something big. Boston. So speaking of doing something big, and that was something I really took from this. When they talked about to achieve something big, yep. you'd better enjoy the work and enjoy the training. Yep. Because if you hate the training, you're a lot less likely to get to that point. And, you know, we talked to people about discipline and doing that thing you hate so you can have that thing that you want. But I love the way that, that they talked about um, actually making yourself love it like find something that you can enjoy the training enjoy the effort because you'll be a lot more likely to get to that end game so you're gonna have to learn to enjoy the well the, the most interesting thing for me one of the, was was um they get they get they run into a storm yeah yeah and they get blown um i don't know i don't know how far off course but it, i think it, it was like another five eight days mm -hmm. of um of rowing and he starts to lose his mind and the wife, who didn't really want to do it to begin with, slaps him and pulls him back together and yeah, says, yeah. Um, Sammy, get your, get your shit together. Yeah. We, we've got to get to the destination. And I thought that was interesting. The other very interesting thing for me was the fact that they ate all unprocessed healthy food yeah. the whole way and were, were basically rowing 18 hours a day. Yeah, incredible. Um, yeah, and it just, it just goes to show you what's possible, right? Whatever you think um, was the level uh, just changes by tenfold. And that's what they, he said about continual compounding improvement. 
yeah. that you know you have to continually be improving and when you do by that one percent whatever it compounds and that if you just constantly are working to get a little better a little better it's not big chunks it's not like i need to get a lot better now sure constant continual improvement one percent better yeah i thought that was really huge so um there was a there was a great guy's son here who was teaching the kids uh kung, kung fu. fu yep and he reminded me of the movie unbreakable and in the movie unbreakable which is based on a true story right that guy was out in the boat for weeks and weeks and weeks. i mean my and and he says if you can take it you can make it right and so these people can obviously take it and the thing that i'm impressed by is um, how they took all that food, like how big's your rowboat? How are you, would you have fermented food? I mean, the actual, I, I thought it was really interesting to hear what they their were probably planting was. and had a little garden, yeah. I would imagine. With the halophytic, was, with saline loving plants, but, but yeah. how did the, how did Tahitians get to the, uh, get to Hawaii? How'd they row from the other direction? Well, think about without it. the food. I mean, they used to just pick the fattest people. Right. So we think about being the healthiest. They actually picked the largest because they, they somehow the knew somehow they knew they were going to be eating their own body. And I don't mean cannibalism, but they were going to be burnt. They were going to be burning their their their, their own fuel. Yeah. And that's why you know you've got so many Islanders. They're, they're big cats. They're big. You well, know, part, I mean, part of, not to get off track, but part of the reason they're big is thanks to the military with the spam. <laughs> uh, no, you're right. They eat more spam than all the other states combined. Yeah, they eat a lot of spam. That's Ugh. good stuff. Ugh, so terrible. special meat. Terrible. <laughs> one, one other uh, point that was made in this interview that I really liked was it was the concept that pushing your physical limits allows the full human experience. Yeah. And I thought it was a cool way to put it that, yeah. um, you know, you can stay within your limits, you can do whatever, but you're not going to have the full human experience. The full human experience, we've heard this again and again and again, comes when you're at the outer edge of your limits and you're breaking down and you're finding out what you're capable of. That's the full human experience. Agree. Break it down, build it back up. And, and as we become uh, more and more advanced, first world societies, we get further and further away from that. From that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so full physical experience. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So get a rowboat, or um, a pedal plane. Yeah. Or something. Or a parachute, and get the full human experience. I, I, I was close. I didn't know what you were going to say there. Get the full. Hey, I, want you, I want you to get the full Spartan Up experience. Thank you for listening to another epic story of success. Find show notes, video, and audio from this episode at SpartanUpPodcast.com. Backslash 074. Or follow us on Twitter at SpartanUpPod. The Spartan Up Podcast is brought to you by Spartan. To find a race near you, visit Spartan.com. Spartan.